Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since the dawn of time, humans have depended on their relationships to survive. If you were thrown out of your clan or tribe, your chances of survival were nil. So being accepted is a biological imperative. So your brain is trained to care deeply about what others think about you. In fact, about four out of every five processes going on in the background of your brain have to do with your relationships. So today I'm going to teach you how to override your brain's wiring. I'm going to take you through the five most common ways caring too much about what other people think shows up in your life and my top five strategies for dealing with each type of situation. And by the end of this podcast, you'll have real ways to move from caring so much about what others think to caring first and foremost what you think. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven. With over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships, which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love you've been craving. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. Welcome back. Here I am, Dr. Abby Metcalf, sitting here in my office doing the podcast. I love being here with you every week. So thank you for showing up. It really is I say it all the time, one of my favorite things that I do, and it's the truth. I do love also when you write in, when you give me topic ideas. This one is a topic idea that quite a few people wrote in about. So 
I really do respond to the emails. You know, if you're listening, if you've emailed, I've responded. Not always the same day, so don't get upset with me, but really pretty soon. I, I don't wait weeks or anything. And I really appreciate just hearing, you know, your feedback about the podcast. I, obviously, I especially like hearing the good stuff, but hey, everything works. See, I care what you think, <laughs> but not too much. So that's the good news there too. All right. And before we jump in, I hope you love the podcast and that's why you're listening. So I want you to share it. Please share it. Give it to, think of someone, anyone, the person at your local Starbucks, the whatever, and say, hey, there's this really great podcast I listen to. You really should check it out. Here it is. Uh, anyone you can think of who you think it would help. And sometimes, you know, people are not podcast people. They don't really listen to podcasts. And in that case, you can talk about my YouTube channel. If you don't know yet, I have a YouTube channel where I dispense all kinds of fabulous information. And that's in a much shorter format, less than 10 minute videos. So you can really uh, get good information just like you do here, but in a much shorter way. And I cover all kinds of different topics, not just things I cover here on the podcast. So please check out my YouTube channel. I will link to both in the show notes. Uh, you can get that at abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast. That's where all things live. And I think that's it. So let's get into it. So as I mentioned in the intro, your brain is hardwired to care what other people think. But that hardwiring is all, and I mean all, based on fear. It's fear-based. It's not love-based. And fear never helps your relationships. I'm going to say this so loud, so clear today. I'm going to say it over and over because it's the simplest way to say it. Think about it. Fear never helps a relationship. In fact, fear is like a cancer in your relationships. It results, you end up with low, in low self-esteem, uh, poor self-confidence, anxiety, depression, rage, resentment, all of them. Nothing you want in any of your relationships is, is is in this grouping. You know, I'm telling the truth. So if you want to lead a happy, calm-centered life, you've got to find a way to push past your brain's hard wiring and really focus on yourself and uh, and not in a bad way, focus on yourself in a good way. So because when you care so much about what other people think, they actually get a poor impression of you or at least one that's not really who you are at your core. Because the more you're worried about you know, what someone else is thinking of you, the more insecure you become. You know um, you know, I'm preaching here. I'm preaching today. It's the Abby Preach Show today. Uh, it's true. The more you're worried about it, the more insecure you become. And when you're insecure, you get clingy, needy, anxious, resentful, bitter, and you're always looking for constant reassurance and approval. And guess what? Other people don't like this. It drives them crazy. It drives you crazy when people do it to you. This very behavior is what drives others away. It's what does make them think bad thoughts about you. And, and it attracts the bullies of the wor world or, you know, others with their own issues, which is a bully, obviously, somebody with their own issues. And they get attracted to you. And so that results in more of the same. It becomes a vicious cycle feeding on itself. And and yuck is the only word I can think of here. Yuck, this sucks. So when your self-esteem, your confidence, your feelings of self-worth are contingent on other people, you 
are no longer the boss of you. Other people are, and this is not okay. It puts you in a total victim blame role and you lose all your power. And I'm going to talk about that a little more in a minute. But this is why when you care too much what other people think, you feel resentful. That's really the thing that comes up the most and people don't even realize it. If you're feeling resentful a lot in your life, you're caring too much about what other people think because that's the whole point, right? You're not resentful with yourself. You're resentful with other people. The This resentment is stemming from your anger at them, uh, at them not getting you or not appreciating you the way they quote unquote should. Uh, you're resentful that they're not giving you this thing you need. The real truth though is that you, you can't, they can't give it to you because you're, you're like, it's like you're a funnel. And no matter how many good things they say, you know, whatever's coming in on the top of that funnel, it's all leaking out that little thing at the bottom. It's all coming out. And so it's never enough. And you easily dismiss all the good stuff, all the, and you, you keep finding, you know, evidence of they don't really like me. Oh, they had to say that because they're nice. Oh, they had to say that because they're their mother. Oh, you're my therapist, Abby. That's why you said that. You know, you dismiss it. Or they're saying the nice thing, but you're Teflon for it. You don't even feel it. You don't even hear it. It just goes right by. And so you're looking for more and more and more and more. And, and it, it ends up, again, all fear-based. You're, you're desperate. You know, you're, you're going after something that you need to not be going after because it, it, it's an unfillable hole. And no matter how, and you know this, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything you don't already know. Because as I'm talking, you're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because it's true. And, and well, and here's the real kicker. People aren't thinking about you as much as you think they are. <laughs> I'm yelling. <laughs> study after study shows that we grossly overestimate how much and how badly other people view us, including when we screw up. And when you're thinking everyone is waiting for you to mess up and judging you in such a big way... The problem with that is you end up taking less risks, you're uh, you're less spontaneous, and you're certainly less happy, let's be real, than you, know, you could be. And again, feeling that resentment again. If they just see X, I'd be happy. If they just say thank you, I'd feel so much better. No, you won't. Because as I said earlier, it's never enough. And the biggie here, before I get into the my five situations and my five ways to deal with those, is something I've talked about before, and I want to say it again here, is uh, this acronym VERB, that when you are acting like a victim, you are often in this place where you're worried too much about what other people think. Oh, I can't, you know, you're in a victim mode. Like, well, you can't control them. And and that's all my self-esteem is over there. So I'm a victim. You are acting entitled. That's the resentment. Well, I did all these nice things. So I, you know, I expect at least a thank you. I went over the top with this. I have one client who I love very dearly, who listens to the podcast a lot, and uh, they know who they are who is always going over the top with things, always going over the top. It's always the biggest and the best. Whatever they do, a party, uh, a gift, it's always incredibly thoughtful and it takes weeks and weeks. And all I ever hear from this person, not all I ever hear, sorry, but what I hear a lot is, uh, well, I just expect just a little appreciation, a little thank you. Or, you know, they're asking their partner to do things for this gala, for this huge event that the partner doesn't even care about or want. 
and they're expecting the partner to do things for this event. And it's, and I just, it comes up a lot where they're talking about, and I did this and I did this and I was over the top and it was great. If you're doing all that, you're expecting someone, you are. You can say you don't care and that it's okay if they don't, whatever, but that's on you and you're looking for people to love you. You're looking for people to give you all that adoration, all that stuff, because it feels good. And I've done it myself. And I love this client, by the way, as I do all my clients. And so <laughs> it is about, and I do it myself, you know, where I'm sort of going over the top and then wanting people to say how wonderful it is or thank you, thank you, or whatever that is. And over the years, I've gotten much better at that. Lots of therapy, lots of mindfulness, all the things I'm going to teach you today. But uh, it's still, you know, it's a part of us to like recognition. And don't even get me so started on social media, right? It's all about recognition and people saying yes and hi and commenting and liking. I mean, it, get, it get, can get really carried away. Talk about caring what other people think. So, but I'm not even going to get into social media today. I'm going to talk about your, just, your real relationships, the ones, yeah, those aren't real. The real relationships relationships where you're actually physically with people eat well in COVID we're not, but you get the idea. Okay. So yeah, people are not thinking about you as much as you think they are. And you get caught in this verb, which again is acting like a victim, acting entitled, reading minds, thinking that people can read your mind or that you can read other people's. I'm not going to say anything because I know what they're going to say. Uh, oh, I know what they were going to do. So I, you know, they're, they, I know what they're really thinking. I know what they really mean. No, you don't. You need to, you need to stop that. You need to sit down. I, I, I can't, I can't sit with that it, in even the same way that they should know what you're thinking. Well, they knew that would hurt my feelings and they did it anyway. You know, you got to get out of this. You, it's just not what it's about. You are deciding what other people are thinking. You are up in their head. You got to get out of there. Uh, and then B, you know, the B is blame. You know, you're blaming other people. Again, it's that victim thing again. You think other people are at fault. They should know. They should do this. <clears throat> I can't do this because they won't do that. There's all this blame. So whenever you're in any of the verb things, know that you're caring too much how other people think. That's You're putting too much stock, too much energy into other people and not yourself. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn that around today. I know I just yelled at you a little. I didn't mean to. I love you. I'm sorry, uh, but I really want to get through how toxic it is to be caring so much what other people are saying about you. And it, and again, I want to be really clear. I do this too. We are human. It's just about overriding it. I've shared with you before that, you know, I can have, um, I don't know, hundreds, I can talk in front of a group of people, have hundreds of people like it. And then the one person who says they don't, that's all I'm thinking about. I, I get it. Like, I get it. And I don't allow myself to indulge and go down that road all the time because it's not helpful. It's it's really not helpful, right? It's not true. If 300 people like my presentation and one doesn't, it doesn't mean I can't listen. I can't go, oh, is there something I can learn from this feedback? And often there is, by the way. Uh, I'm going to share really quickly. I had this recently with the podcast. You know, my podcast is five stars, right? People love it. I get all kinds of great things. And recently um, I did a an interview with BJ Fogg for the Tiny Habits. And I was totally fangirling. And uh, I did, you know, I'm not a great interviewer because I don't do it much. I sit here chatting with you, just me and you. So I've only interviewed a handful of people for the podcast. And this is more my style, but I couldn't pass up a, an opportunity to have BJ on. It was amazing. Love you, BJ. And 
but I got this email and so someone or this review, sorry, someone wrote a review. And if you're still, if you're still listening, which you might not be, but um, they, and they gave me four stars and they said, you know, this was not a great interviewer. She kept, you know, saying, oh, I love it so much. I was sick of it. And this person still gave me four stars and they just didn't like my interviewing. And first, so of course in my head, I'm like, really? I have all these podcasts with so few interviews. Did you listen to any of the other ones? And did you comment on those? No, you commented on this one thing where blah, 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 right? But then the other part of me was like, you know, they're right. I, I'm not a great interviewer. And really, I should get better at that. I should focus a little more on that. And having, if I am going to have people on, I need to think about that and how to improve my skills. So I actually have been watching some videos and reading some things about how to be a better interviewer. And so that was helpful. Uh, I still would have rather they gave me five stars and, and just mentioned it. But either way, you know, but there is a way that I easily could have been spinning on that ridiculously and there's no reason to. So again, caring a little and bringing things in, but not over caring, okay? Not overdoing. All right. And I'm going to get into this in more detail as we talk. So let, enough, of, enough of that. Let's get into those situations where you're caring too much what someone else thinks about you and what to do instead. I'm going to, you know me, I'm always giving you some love and some things to do. Okay. So the there's five situations I see the most how this shows up. And the first one for sure is the people pleasing. I, this one is the biggie, right? And, and by the way, even if you think you're not a people pleaser, I want you to listen up because it might be showing up in a way you don't realize. Uh, it shows up, people pleasing, I believe, shows up mainly in two ways. And the first one is the more obvious, just saying yes to just about everything, trying to anticipate what someone else wants, always being that go-to person, never really saying no to anything. I have a actually great podcast on that, how to how to really say no. So I'll link to that in the show notes. But the, this person is often very visible, might even be the glue that hold things together or the go-to person for everything. This was definitely my history and is very me, you know, as I, <laughs> as I see it, I'm like, oi. Um, so, but that, so that's, uh, that's a biggie and you might relate to that. Uh, the second way though, that people pleasing shows up is the, is because you're avoiding, so basically, you want to be left alone and not deal with any real feelings or conflicts. It, it just feels easier to give up. So you do things to keep others happy by not rocking the boat and flying under the radar. If if you don't say anything, they, they can't judge you, right? I mean, that's kind of what that is. So, you, you know, you bite your tongue, you withdraw. You, matter of fact, you know, I probably, probably not even biting your tongue very much because you're probably not even engaged enough to bite your tongue. Um, you're, you know, your real life is somewhere else. And I'll tell you the big difference in these people. If, you know, the whole fight, flight, or freeze thing I talk about all the time, right? You're, you know, your amygdala turns on when you see any threat, like someone not liking you. That's a threat to your brain. And you have a fight, flight, or freeze response. Well, the, <clears throat> the, the people like me, who are people pleasing and saying yes to everything and being fabulous and being out there and doing all the right things, <clears throat> excuse me, that's the uh, fleer. That's the person who likes to flee, who wants to just, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, not really engage in uh, any real way. And they're just sort of running away. And that's the way they run away. 
And then there's the freezer, right? The person who freezes. And that's really that avoider, um, that second one, where they're just giving up. They're not rocking the boat. They're flying under the radar. You don't even see them. That's a kind of different energy. So by the way, if you relate to one of, to being a, a fleer or a freezer, you might relate to one of those more, more or less. It, it depends on who you are. So what do you do? What's my tip to deal? Well, let me say this. For every one of these five situations, mindfulness is the overall riding thing. And I want to take a minute and talk about that. And then I'll give you another tip for just this one. But mindfulness is the key. It's, you know, keying into how you feel in each moment. So you can notice those feelings of resentment, of numbness. You might be going numb. And, and all I can say to that is, yikes, you want to be numb or feel nothing around people you love, around people you have to spend a lot of time with? That doesn't sound good. I, I don't want you in a numb state either. Uh, so mindfulness is going to be the number one tip for everything because without it, you won't notice what's happening and you'll just get sucked into old patterns of thought and behaviors. You're just going to be stuck in that place. You've got to practice mindfulness so that you can pull yourself out, notice what's happening in the moment and have a different response. And that's really, I'm going to teach all these different responses. But again, without that, there's not a lot here. So uh, I have a ton of stuff on mindfulness. I'm not going to spend time here on it. I have so many things. I will link to those in the show notes or you can search on my website. I also have a bunch of YouTube videos about it. So it's all there. I, please, it's really easy. Again, I'll, I'll link to it on the show notes page, abbymetcalf.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 128. You'll see it right there. And you can just click away and do all mindfulness stuff. And the other way though, the, really the number one way to be mindful and to really help yourself stop and find that kind of still place where you can stop is meditation. And people don't want to hear it, but you don't have to meditate for long periods of time. And meditation is way easier than you think it is. It just feels hard and it's not. And because you, you're misunderstanding what it is. And I say this all the time. Let's say that uh, not caring for what other people think about you is this big hole in the ground, okay? Big hole in the ground. And I've got this huge pile of dirt to fill that hole that's sitting on the side that will absolutely fill that up, that will heal this whole thing, that will take care of this. You will be, it'll be smooth ground, okay? And I hand you a spoon or I got a backhoe there to fill this hole, the dirt into this hole. Well, they'll both get you there. You can use that spoon and you will eventually, you know, fill the hole, but it's going to take you a friggin' long time. I would like to really recommend you use the backhoe. And the backhoe is the meditation and the mindfulness. It is that work. So it will get you there so much quicker. And because I love you so much, I have a free meditation starter kit. And it's free. It, there's no strings attached. Uh, you have to put in your email to get it. You'll get on my mailing list. If you don't like being on my list, just opt out. It's not hard. Uh, why wouldn't you want to be on the mailing list once a week? I send fabulous things out. But anyway, um, but either way, I will link to it in the show notes or you can just go to my website and on my shop page, there's the free meditation thing. You, It's totally free. It's just, it's on the shop page because there's a, 
a program we use to make things free or to pay. Uh, you don't have to put in a credit card. It's nothing like that. There's no trick. Just it's free. I love you. Do it. And it's literally three minutes a day. If you don't have three minutes, I, I, I can't help you anymore. I just can't. <laughs> you have three minutes. Friggin' do it. Jewish mother bossy coming at you right now. So please download it. Please do it. I highly recommend it. Okay. So that's mindfulness for all these. For this particular one though, you know, what we're talking about right here, this people pleasing, boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. That is really what you need to have. And I have a whole podcast on boundaries. I will link to it in the show notes or you can search on my website. Again, I'm not going to spend a bunch of time here talking about how to set up a boundary and how to keep them because I do that somewhere else much better. But having your boundary and being clear about it is the way. So for example, and so I will give you an example. I decide every year uh, how much money I'm giving away and where it's going to go. Okay. I already know. So every December I decide for the following year. It's actually every November, but I think about the following year, how much money I think I'm making, how much I want to earmark for charity and donations. And I always have a little bit of a miscellaneous fund too, because I know things are going to come up. And that's it. So when someone in June says to me, hey, can you can you please donate? Oh, I've got this cause. I've got a thing on Facebook. Could you please donate money here or there? I can really easily say no. I can say the truth. You know what? It's a boundary. I've already earmarked my money for the year. If you'd like me to donate next year, do me a favor and send me an email around no- early November and I'll think about it. I'll see if I can, you know, change how I give the money away next year and maybe include it. But, you know, send me some information about your charity. Send me some information about what you're doing. And I need to tell you about 90% of the people do not follow up. So that's on them. But the 10% that do, guess what? I often include them. And because I know they're serious. I know this isn't just a fly by night thing. I know that they've taken the time and they've listened, but that's my boundary. And people get pissy sometimes. So like, well, I'm just asking for $10. Or I'm just asking for 50 or I'm just asking for this. You can just all day long, but this is my boundary of what I'm doing. I have a boundary with clients. I don't work nights anymore. Just don't do it. I've been doing this 35 years. I don't want to work nights anymore. And so I don't, and it's a boundary and it doesn't matter how much I've got some very famous people in my, who are my clients and who are used to maybe, you know, having people kind of bend over backwards and I don't do it. It's like, this is my boundary. If you want to see me, this is how I do it. You, you are welcome to go somewhere else, but this is it. And I've definitely pissed a lot of people off <laughs> who just don't understand. And how can you be a therapist and do that, whatever. But that, I don't, that's on them. This is me leading my happy life. So boundaries, boundaries, boundaries help that when people are asking for things, you don't, not just always saying yes, because you already know what the answer is. And that helps a lot into not just get falling in. But there's a hundred other ways boundaries show up too. So go check out the podcast. Okay. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Situation number two, so that was people pleasing. Situation number two, I call it if a tree falls in the woods. So so you know how the old saying, well, here in America anyway, it's an old saying. I'd love to hear what it is in other countries. Uh, There's an old saying that if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? And I think of this with, with, (laughs) with caring what other people think. So if you do something and no one acknowledges it, did it happen? Did it really happen? If you don't feel like you did a good job, unless someone else gives you praise or kudos, that's what I'm talking about. It's like you don't really feel like you have an accomplishment unless someone else says, oh, that was great. Unless someone else, And that's sometimes why we go overboard with things and give so much because we really want, you know, they can't not say anything. I just cooked a 27-course meal for Thanksgiving. Of course they're going to say something. Uh, and <laughs> so, this, but this need for other people to acknowledge what you do or maybe you always need to feel appreciated and have people comment on what you do. Uh, does it feel like it doesn't really mean much without that? And again, we all run into this. I will tell you, I, as a lot of you know, I love to cook. Cooking is like my my jam. I love it. I love gourmet cooking. And I do, I like it when people comment. Uh, by the way, I also like feedback if they don't like it, because I want to know what I can improve or what I can make better. And I feel fine when people say, you know, hey, that wasn't spicy enough for me, or hey, I'd like you to cook that longer or less or whatever, um, or less salt would have been great or whatever. Uh, I love that because I, I feel like a mad scientist in the kitchen. So I really love that. But I but but I'm very aware that I want to hear something. So I just ask. I just say it. I'm like, so do you like it? Let me hear. I haven't heard anything. Let me hear the let me hear the words. <laughs> and so I'm just out there with it. And it and and they'll say, yes, I love it, or no, I don't. It does, you know, whatever. And uh that's something I but I make it very uh very out there, very, very visual kind of thing. I don't put it underneath and fish for compliments or anything like that. I'm just, I'm right out there. Like, so what's the deal? Do you like it? Do you not? I haven't heard anything. What's going on? Uh, and, you know, Gary's always joking. He's like, if we're all quiet, we like it. So just get it. <laughs> like, I don't care. I still want to hear it. So you're allowed to say something, but I, I also don't live and die and fall on that. And I will tell you, I make great food for just myself. I made myself a fabulous lunch today, I need to tell you. And I was yumming it and loving it and telling myself what a great cook I am, you know, because I'm like that. And that really brings me to uh, my tip to deal with this. And that is you need to start acknowledging your own wins daily. And this is a hard thing, I will tell you, and something a coach a few years ago had me doing uh, is to write, she said, you know, every day, write down a win you've had at the end of the day or towards the end of the day. And I do this sometimes where I actually write it and other times where I just think it. And what I try to do is do it when I wash my face at night. Because every day when I come home from work, that's when I wash my face, by the way. I don't wait before I go to bed because otherwise my face would never get washed at night. (laughs) I'm too tired. I just want to go to sleep. I actually do all my little uh, fun things right when I get home from work. It's sort of my transition time from, okay, work and now I'm home. I actually really like doing it then. I even sometimes just brush my teeth right then. 
and floss and do all that because I'm not sure I'm going to be up. I, I usually do brush my teeth right before I go to bed too, but then I can only do the one minute one instead of the whole two minutes with the brush on and all that. So anyway, I have this whole little time. Why am I digressing? I'm sorry. You're like, Abby, get to the point. But <laughs> during that time is what I usually will say something I, you know, what was a win today? And I have to really think about it. In the moments, I try to remember that, um, oh yeah, that somebody wrote in and said how much they liked the podcast. Or, hey, I finished a podcast today. That felt really good. I got one in the can. That's great. Um, I I walked this morning. I exercised. I whatever. I, I stretched. I remembered to use my standing desk and stand up. It doesn't have to be epically amazing. Just something where you acknowledge yourself, where you give yourself a win. And the best, best thing to do Uh, It's something that BJ covered on the podcast where he talked about tiny habits and how to really change habits is to do it in the moment. So when I finish, like today, when I finish this podcast, I'm going to give myself a whoopee. I'm going to jump up and down a little bit and, you know, go, yeah. And I do. I do a little dance (laughs) and I get excited about it. I feel really good. It's such an accomplishment every time uh, I do one of these. So however you want to just give yourself a win, do it. But the more you start to do that, the less you need it from other people, I swear. It really does work. I've been doing this for years and it really does work. So that's what you do. Situation number three is this one where they need to understand you or appreciate you. This one comes up. So are you focused on getting the other person to understand you, to to get what you're saying? And do you go after that same conversation over and over and feel so frustrated if you believe they don't understand you or or have the wrong impression of you? And even when they do seem to get you and maybe even compliment you, it doesn't last. Is this you? So, you know, you start questioning their thinking and their motives constantly. You know, again, we're getting back to that thing where it's never enough. Uh, But that idea that they just need to get you. Otherwise, and and you'll just, boy, go after them. And, you know, but you don't understand and you're not understanding what I'm saying and you're not listening to me. If you're in that a lot, there's often this need to... Uh, believe it or not, that's about caring so much about what they think, obviously, right? Because you're, well, I shouldn't say believe it or not. That's obviously so much about that. Why do you care so much? Why is this there? And really, and this is my tip to deal with it, you need to appreciate you. And the way you, the way to do this, so I'm going to lay out little steps here. And I've talked about these before, but this is for this, absolutely. The way you do this is to identify, so identify, then you have to identify that negative feeling or feelings you're having, okay? That's what you don't want, by the way. So you would stop when you notice that you're really trying to get somebody to, and again, here's your mindfulness again, you got to notice it. Even if you notice it after the fact, that's fine, because you know how you're ruminating about it and thinking about it five hours later, you know, I should have said this, and why don't they get this, and I hate that guy, and what a jerk, and when you're doing that, if you can, anywhere you can notice it is great. So you notice it. You notice the negative feelings. So what I want you to note, so you got to go in, what are you feeling right now? Well, I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling really pissed at them. And okay, what's under that? Remember, anger is the bodyguard of fear. If anger is your answer to the emotion, I want more. You have to go deeper. That's a top emotion. Well, I'm feeling hurt. I feel uh, rejected. I feel abandoned. I feel. You'll see as you go down uh, that there's way more down there. These feelings are are always around rejection, abandonment, shame, guilt. That they're all the beauties. Yeah. They're all under there, but you have to get to that. So, so you start to notice that. Well, I feel, 
unappreciated, like I don't matter, uh, like, which means someone might leave me or I might lose this job or like, I'm going to have a loss, you know, there's going to be loss and, and they're not realizing that they, you know, that I'm here and that I have value and worth. Oh, my self-worth isn't very high. My self-esteem isn't very high. You know, you start to really get clear on what you're feeling. So that's first and don't be afraid of it. Go there. So that's what you don't want, right? We don't want any of this. Now you got to think of how you do want to feel. How do I want to feel? I want to feel appreciated. I want to feel loved. I want to feel uh, confident, you know, like I'm not going to lose this job or this relationship, whatever. I want to feel at ease. I want to feel relaxed when I go to work. I want to, whatever. And so that's what you do want. Now we want to focus on that. Here's what I do want. And then ask yourself, so, okay, that's what I want. What's one thing I can do right now to move in that direction, to feel that way. Again, notice here, you're getting away from verb because it can't be what someone else is going to do. Can't be what your boss is going to do if you're worried about losing your job. It's what are you going to do? And maybe that's that you're going to start looking for a new job. Uh, maybe just looking, just going on indeed.com or something and, and looking, or I'm going to update my resume, or I'm going to set up a meeting to talk to my boss or I'm going to go to HR or whatever, whatever it is that would be that next step. Or I'm going to go uh, outside and have some fun because I'm worried about something that's not real and you realize that. I'm going to go distract myself and do something fun for a while and, you know, calm my system down. When the, when, when the pandemic's over, you can maybe I'll go get a massage. I'm going to go play, play a sport with some friends. I'm going to go for a jog. I'm going to, whatever. There's a lot of actions you can take. And when you take action is when you feel better. There, there's no two ways about it. This is true for everybody in the whole wide world. I don't care what country you're listening from. I don't care where you are. When you take any action, no matter how small, in the direction of where you do want to go, not in the revenge direction, not in the I'm going to get back at them direction, not in the FU direction, but in the direction of where you want to be, you will feel better. There is no two ways about it. You know it's true. You know I'm preaching, doing the Jewish mother bossy preach. That's what I do. That's why you're here. And it will help. So that's what I want you to do. That is it. And so basically you're going to focus on what you can do and not what you can't do. What you can control and not what you can't control. And again, this takes you out of that verb crap and into into action, into self-empowerment. And I again, no relationship is made better through fear. It doesn't matter if it's your partner, your boss, your friend, your kid, it doesn't matter. So getting past this there that they need to do something, you know, they need to appreciate you. They need to say it a certain way. They need to whatever. And getting into what you're doing is the fastest way to stop caring so much about that because you're not gonna as much because you're caring about yourself. All right, situation number four, we're almost there, almost to five. Number four, uh, if what I see a lot is if they don't like it, you change it. So uh, this is another common situation. It's to automatically change what you're doing or saying if someone else gives any inkling that they don't like it or they don't agree with it. If you feel rejected or dismissed in any way, you think you need to change. You think, I gotta do something different. I, I don't want, you know, you're, you're trying so hard. So if your boss doesn't like your suggestion at work, if your parents don't like your choice of profession, if your friend thinks your idea is stupid, if your partner judges what you're wearing, if any of these prompt you to change your mind or change your clothes or, you know, do something else, just on the basis of their disagreement or their judgment about it, then you are caring too much about what other people think. 
I am not saying you shouldn't take in feedback or suggestions, right? I just mentioned this person <clears throat> giving me a review of the podcast. I hope they're listening now and give me a five-star review now. Um, <laughs> uh, I am talking about, right? I am, so that's fine. You know, take that in with it. But however, if you're being judged or criticized, it's it's not okay. It, that's not it. And if, again, you're ruminating later and thinking nonstop, if I was... I mean, I'm bringing up this person right now about the review, but it, it's really not something I think I was using it as an example, but I, I I don't even think Gary knows about it or my kids or anybody else. I think my assistant might because she saw it too, but uh, my business manager, but I, you know, there's nobody else I've talked to about it. I haven't mentioned to a friend, it, you know, it's nowhere because it's really not sitting in me. And that's what's so important about it. So you can, you can, if you can take in something and then filter out the rest, right? So I'm not suddenly going to change the whole podcast or go boohoo myself. I, I was, I used a little bit of it and, and I'm moving on, right? So taking feedback and suggestions is fine, but not, again, not being judged or criticized and not buying in that you need to change personally, that you're bad or wrong or, you know, should feel ashamed or guilty or self-conscious about whatever it was. So yeah, you might need to change that report to the way your boss likes it. But, but don't take that as an attack on you. If your suggestion was sound, this says more about your boss than you. And it's time to move on and stop focusing on getting them to change, getting your boss to change their mind or understand your point of view. You just got to move from there, right? Okay. So, and the, the biggest tip is to stand your ground. You know, identify your standards and I have a whole thing on standards and expectations and I'll link to that in the show notes, but, and you got to stick to them. And here's what I want you to ask yourself, who are you trying to make happy? If this is the tip, so you're going to ask yourself, is the other person's happiness more important than my own? Is that person's happiness more important than your own? So you might set intention before you meet with them. You know, someone, if it's someone like your boss, maybe, or your partner, someone who has, a, or maybe a friend who has a lot of sway over you, who can really get you to, um, look, listen to me, I'm acting like a victim. They can't get you to think poorly about yourself. That's your responsibility. And it's hard to uh, not do that when you're around them. Like they're a trigger for you, in other words, right? They really trigger you. If that's the case, you, you but you have to think about that. Like, uh, okay, so I have to be ready for that. This is someone who I have a really hard time with. This is someone who I often feel swayed by. And I did a whole podcast on being the dominant vibration in the room. You know, this idea that instead of you calibrating to their energy, instead of you calibrating to their negativity or their judgment or their criticism or that have them calibrate to you. So before you talk to them, before you meet with them, before you have interactions with them, spend a minute. If it's your partner, it's before you walk in your house again, before you walk in the room where they are. Spend just a minute, seconds, setting intention, getting yourself calibrated, feeling the feeling of where you want to be. Again, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here because I did again, a whole podcast on that, uh, which I'll link to in the show notes. But get to that place so that it's not so easy for them to sway you into something else and feel like you need to change or you're wrong or you should be self-conscious or bad or embarrassed or any of that crap. And it's it's really, really helpful. And I'll, I'll tell you something that happened uh, before we jump into number five, not that long ago, where um, I uh, gave my... Uh, son money to go to Starbucks one day and to get 
uh, he and I a drink. And I asked for, you know, I ha- I, I don't really drink coffee, but I, I got a, a chai tea, you know, well, that's redundant, isn't it? I got a chai. <laughs> and I, I get extra pumps because I like the spiciness. And when it came back, it was horrible. It was like all milk. It was a latte. It was like all milk. It was so bad. I couldn't even taste. I threw it away, actually. It tasted horrible. There was like no other taste in there. And I said to him, I was like, oh, this is terrible. I said, oh, they didn't put in the extra pumps. He goes, yeah, I asked, but I I, I thought they weren't. You know, I kind of noticed that, but they were so busy and I felt really bad. They were kind of slammed. And I and I stopped and I said, so I'm pouring $5 down the drain because you cared more about what that person thought than what I think about? Like you cared more about that person's feelings and that, that thoughts in that moment of what they would think about you for bugging them and asking them to do their job correctly versus me at home and just, you might as well just have thrown it away right there. So how is that okay? And he really stopped in his tracks. He was like, oh my gosh, I never thought of it that way. And I was like, but that happens where we get afraid of asking, you know, for someone to change something or to, uh, us Jewish girls are famous for like (laughs) sending our food back if we don't like it at a restaurant, you know, calling over the waiter very nicely or the waitress and just saying, hey, this isn't really what I asked for, or this is cold, or this is too spicy for me or whatever and asking for a replacement. We will do that in a minute. It's not entitlement. It's not, it's entitlement if you say it bitchily, you know, if you're mean about it. It's not entitlement though, just to ask for what you ordered. I should sit there and pay all this money for something I'm not even going to eat or that I don't enjoy or that I don't like, or is not what I asked for. What are we talking about here? To me, that's insane. But People get very caught up in what other people are feeling. My kids get so embarrassed anytime I ask, a, you know, a server, a waitress, a, someone getting our coffee, whatever, for something else, you know, or that I don't like how it is. And I have to tell you, I am friendly. I'm a friendly person. And I'm not thinking, oh, what, what an idiot. How dare they not serve me correctly? I'm not having any of those thoughts. So I know I'm not saying it mean. And I'm just asking, I'm like, oh, hey, can you uh, take care of us or can you do this first or can you please put more pumps in my chai? Um, you know, I asked real lightly. I, I tip well. I mean, come on, you know, what What am I, what's going on here? But people, and you might be listening to this yourself going, oh yeah, I would never say anything. That is you caring way too much what other people think. You've got to be kidding me. Uh, anyway, so I say with love. You got to be kidding me. I say with love. All right, number... <laughs> So be the dominant vibration in the room is there, is your big tip. And the last but not least is situation number five, which is you don't even like them and you care. I had a client recently who wanted to break up with her boyfriend. And she lamented for weeks about what a jerk he really was now that she'd gotten to know him better. You know, in the beginning, he was so lovely and nice and she got to know him better. And she really, she was in week after week talking to me about what a jerk he really was. He, she even thought he was a little racist and he was cheap. I mean, there was so much about him she did not like. And can you be a little racist? How does that work? Anyway, uh, so so as we kept talking about him, you know, and my thing with her was like, why are you with this guy? Like, what are you doing? Why is this so hard to leave? Why is it so hard to break up with him? And she realized that she just really didn't like him much, but she really liked that he liked her. He really liked her and she liked that. It felt good. So again, right, all into this caring what other people think, even people she doesn't like. But it gets better because before she could have the conversation with him to break up, guess, you know, you're guessing it right now. He broke up with her. (laughs) He broke up with her first. She was beside herself when she came back in. Uh, 
again, back on Zoom, I should say, you know, how dare he? He was lucky to even be dating her. They, you know, they parted as, and they did part as like friends. It was an amicable parting. But, because, uh, <laughs> you know, she wants to seem like a cool chick, right? I'm not some crazy, you know, you're wrong about me. I'm fabulous. I can't believe you're breaking up with me. So I'm going to be so cool about this. Uh, but now, she, all she could talk about was wanting him back or even not wanting him back. That's not right. She wanted him to to want her again. She wanted him to want her again. So she started kind of stalking him on social media. She was paying a ton of attention to her own posts. So she'd be posting things and pictures all in an effort to make him jealous and want her again. He And she'd be like, oh, he, he watched this. He looked at this. He commented, you know. Uh, are you kidding me? So it may remind you again, she doesn't even like this guy, but she wants to control what he thinks of her and what he might be, oh, what he might be saying to others about her. They had some friends in common, um, you know, and you've likely done something similar where you're thinking, why do I care? You know, maybe you don't like Alice at work, but then you found out she doesn't like you. So now you're kissing her ass in an effort to get her to like you. There's this feeling that the other person is missing something. I am fabulous. If you don't like me, you are misunderstanding me and I'm going to make you see the real me. <laughs> there's, right, there's got to be some misunderstanding here. You know, you've got to make them see how fabulous you are and that they were mistaken. And again, you don't care about or like this person, but you're all up in their head. You are all up in your own head about them. And you got to know this for what it is. It is this ancient, outdated, hardwiring telling you that being rejected means death, death. And so that's why you're having such a strong response. So, and you know, your tip to deal, it doesn't, doesn't take Freud to figure out that, you know, this oil boil all boils down to your self-esteem. If, and really all of these do in a way, they, if you felt confident about yourself and your decisions, if you respected yourself fully, you wouldn't give two craps about what this other person is thinking of you. And I do have a whole episode of the podcast devoted to building self-esteem and self-confidence. I will link to that in the show notes and you can spend some time there. I highly recommend it. Uh, but really that is what you need to do is start building your self-esteem, building up your confidence, building up what you think about yourself because that has to change. What you think about yourself has to be more important than what other people think about you. And not only that, it has to be, it has to feel good. It has to feel good. So it's not when other people judge you that you're like, oh no, I'm great. You're wrong. You're an asshole. Like, you know, it's not that. It's not anger. Because again, if you're still in resentment, if you're still in anger, then you still care what they think. Otherwise, you wouldn't be so angry. It is taking that breath and thinking, oh, I am, boy, I am not getting through to my dad about how I've changed and where I am today. <sighs> what am I going to do with that? Well, I know. So I'm going to start calibrating before I see him. I'm going to start ex expecting better things in the relationship because I'm going to start to make the relationship better. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to avoid certain topics for a while because there's no, we don't come together on them ever. I'm going to not see him as often. I'm going to whatever, you know, you draw boundaries, you start thinking about, but with love, you know, I, I love my dad. I don't want to, you know, write him off. He's my dad. I want us to have a relationship. I want us to feel comfortable about each other. And 
And more importantly, I want to feel comfortable about him. What he feels about me is what he feels about me. I can't control it. But do you, do you see how this starts to be? You don't have, you don't hate him for not understanding you or not liking you or not appreciating you because you like you and appreciate you. You have that first. So it's really, you see it as their thing. You see it as, yeah, they are misunderstanding you, but, but, oh, well, there it is. That, that's it. And it gets to just stay over there. And I'm not saying it would never bother you or never get under your skin, but in general, you're able to, you know, maybe it starts to bug you and then you're able to have these conscious thoughts about it and it can drift away. That's really where I want you to be. Okay. I want you to come over to the website. I want you to download the free meditation starter kit and really start meditating. It's three minutes a day. I know you have that. Start, stop using a spoon and start using the backhoe <laughs> to get things together. I'm doing this because I love you. I, I, I say all of it because I love you because you know I do. And really start to work on this piece because it's so important. It's so big to you having a truly happy, connected, loving, loving, loving life. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Have an amazing week. Remember that there is great love out here in the world for you. And I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymedcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.